This whole series has been about everybody has a story. We're going to talk about Mary today, but you have a story. Say, I have a story. story. And you think, well, you know, Mary's life affected millions of people, but your life affects people. You don't even know how many people it affects. You don't know the trickle down of, of, of your salvation and you leading one person to Christ or two people and how that flows and how that goes out like a ripple effect in, in the water and touches the lives of so many other people. You don't even know. You're here because somebody else's ripple hits you. So listen, if you don't think you're worthy, you don't think God has a plan for your life, I am telling you the devil is a liar. He's the one that's telling you that. Because God has a plan for your life. He has a story for you to tell. He has a testimony for you to live out. You're not, some, you're not just a nobody. You're somebody because Jesus Christ created you. So he created somebodies. Amen? Amen? You know, the devil, one of his biggest weapons is to tell you you're nothing. One of his biggest weapons is to keep you quiet about your faith. One of his biggest weapons is to keep you feeling always ashamed and condemned because you're not perfect. I lived under that, even under that religious, uh, uh, horrible covering of if you're not perfect, you can't stand up for Jesus Christ. Well, that's a bunch of bull. None of us are. But I'm telling you, you can go and you can give a bike to a child. He's not going to ask you if you live the perfect life this week. You should have seen those kids with those bicycles. They weren't asking any question anybody about how good y'all were. Or they say, man, thank you for the bike. I've never heard them down the food pantry question people that were serving down there about, hey, are you a good enough person to give me this box of food? Did they ever ask you that, Rose? I know. They're they're there because they need help, and we're we're the hands and feet of Jesus. So listen, this, you know, the the woman that that took the alabaster uh, box of oil or the bottle or the jar of oil and poured it on Jesus' head, you know, then she wiped his, wiped his feet with her, tear, with her hair, with her, and, and her, her tears just drenched Jesus. And it says in the, the scriptures that this is going to be told for generations and generations. You think she thought that that day that when she did that act of worship, that it was going to be broadcast for 2,000 years and more? Did you think she thought that? You think that Mary thought we were going to be talking about her today? No, or Joseph, or Zacharias, or any of these other people in the Bible. See, but they, they have a story. And say, I have a story. Come on. Every one of you have a story. And it's your story to tell. It's not somebody else's story to tell. It's your story to tell. And some people say, well, you know, I'm just going to live my life. I'm not going to say anything. You know what? That is kind of a cop-out. Live your life so everybody will know that Jesus, you, you know, use words if necessary. Well, it's necessary to use words. He tells us to go and tell. Go and tell. Go and speak it. So that's, uh, that's, not, that's an extra part. You get that for free. I'm going to ask you a question. Has, has anybody in here ever been promised something that you didn't, they didn't come through with? Like, oh. Everybody? Have you ever promised somebody something and you didn't come through with it? Yeah, it works both ways, doesn't it? We always ask people, have you, have you forgiven so-and-so? We always ask them that question, but the, another question is, have you asked somebody to forgive you? Because it works both ways. So th- this thing about promises is very important when we make a promise. I, I don't know who these people are. I just found it on the Internet. But Anthony Hilt said, keep every promise you make and only make promises you can keep. I think that's a pretty good mandate, a good, good way to live. Only make promises that you can keep. 
Uh, William Carey said, the future is as bright as the promises of God. Well, I'm telling you, if the future is as bright as the promises of God, whoo, we need to wear shades. Because the future's bright. Amen? Amen. Say the future's bright. Okay. So we're, we're coming kind of close to the end of the sermon series. We'll finish that up on, on December the 31st, uh, two more weeks. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the, sh- the, the shepherds, and then the week after that, about uh, the magi or the wise men. So uh, I just want you to see that as we move forward, that these people, their story, we may think, well, this is fantastic. But if it doesn't get to you, and you don't recognize that your story can be fantastic because it's about Christ, then we, we've not gotten the message through. But Holy Spirit's going to get it through to you today. Amen? Okay, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 1. I'm going to start verse 26. We're not going to go through all the genealogies, although it's a little different. Uh, but we really, uh, I want to focus on uh, the, uh, the, the message from the angels to Mary and her response, okay? All these people that we've talked about, Zacharias and Elizabeth, Joseph, Mary, all of them had to have this thing called a belief and a faith trusting God that he was real that he was what his word said was true so it says during and we're reading from the passion translation during the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth now Nazareth is never mentioned in the Bible till now it's just like a nothing town it's like nobody thought about Nazareth in the Old Testament so you you think about this and Jesus was a common name He's kind of telling us something here. Amen? He's got a reason for these things. A village in Galilee, and she was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Now, both Matthew and Luke mentioned that there's a descendant. There's a, there's a, a great thing about the genealogy, and it's important about our, their heritage, that all of this came from, went back to King David and then ultimately to Abraham. Gabriel uh, appeared to her, and he said, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you're anointed with great favor. I know you're disappointed that I didn't do my Gabriel angel voice, but he said, Rejoice, beloved young woman. I want you to look at this, for the Lord is with you, and you're anointed with great favor. The first thing I want you to see, and we just have four points. I don't have nine or twelve today, just four. Is this is a message from God. God, Gabriel goes to God, and God says, This is what I want you to go say to Mary. So he's giving her a message. So Gabriel's had a busy, busy time. He's gone and he's went to Zacharias when he was in the temple and he told them about his, his son John that was going to come and he told them he wasn't going to speak till, till the baby was born. And, and so he had to go home and Elizabeth and, and share with Elizabeth what was about to take place. And so Elizabeth goes and John, go, I mean, uh, Zacharias, they, they uh, go and they do what they're supposed to do to, to be obedient to the word of God, to the angel and to what the angel's message was. And then six months later, six months later after Elizabeth is pregnant, okay, the, uh, with the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Remember, are we forerunners? Because what? He's coming again. Okay. John was a forerunner that Jesus was coming. He's going to be born. He's going to be a forerunner. But we're forerunners because that's how you relate these messages and bring them to, to, to personalize them. We are also forerunners to the second coming of Jesus Christ. If he's coming again, you really believe that, you really need to be telling people he's coming back. And they need to be ready. Amen? So six months later, he brings this news to Mary, and he tells her to rejoice. He tells Mary that the Lord is with her, that she is anointed with a great favor. Three things that he tells her. And I'm thinking, why would he, 
how, how was she going to respond to this, that the angel would speak to these incredible things over her? She's about 13 or 14, maybe 15 years of age. Can you imagine that? 13, 14, 15 years of age. What are girls at 13 and 14 and 15 doing now? TikTok. <laughs> and the angel appeared on TikTok. And I mentioned this earlier because I think it's important. God's telling you to rejoice today no matter what you're going through in the midst of your situation. Paul said it from prison, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, I know in this room there are many of you that have had a specific calling from God. Would you agree? Anybody have a specific calling from God? Lift your hands all across the room. You know it was God. Probably wasn't an angel, not necessarily. Maybe it had been an angel, but you, you, you heard God's voice in some form or fashion, and you believe that he called you to some ministry or to some a vocation, to some person, to some church, but you heard a calling from God, and he said, this is what I want you to do. And our first response is not always, oh, rejoice. It's not always rejoice, is it? But it should be. If God, if the creator of the universe loves you so much that he is sending a messenger to you, you should thank God and say, I rejoice in the Lord that he loves me enough to speak to me. So many times we respond to God in such a negative way. Uh, oh, no, God, what, or you must be mad at me. God's talking. God's calling me. What, oh, no, I don't know. You know, it's almost like if you're behind on your bills and you don't want to answer the phone because somebody's done you for, your, for, for their payment, right? Have anybody ever been, been in that situation? Like, oh, man, don't answer, the, don't answer the door. And sometimes we treat God like that. But the angel says, rejoice. You have favor. And listen, look at verse 29. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary. Say, Do not yield to your fear. He said that to Mary. For the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. How many of you got grandkids? What do, you, do you know what it means to delight in your grandkids? I bypass your kids because sometimes, they, you know... I, there's still an issue. <laughs> but grandkids can't do anything wrong. Right? And you, still, you delight in them. And see, that's what God, he wants to delight in his children. But you see, he was delighting in Mary because Mary was obedient. And she, was, uh, she, was, uh, she had favor. She, was, she knew the word because she knew the word enough to know that what was about to happen could happen to her. It was a possibility. And he delighted in her because she was a woman of faith. And he says, don't yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you, has chosen you to surprise you with a wonderful gift. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> you will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king of the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. The second thing I want you to see this morning is it's your choice if you're going to yield or not. We all have a choice. We all have to say, I have a choice. choice. See, yielding means to give way. You know, how many of you know when you're driving and you see a yield sign, that means you give way to that other person. They have the right of way. You don't. 
And if there's nobody coming, you can go in. Some of you go in without looking. You don't know how to yield. And some of you don't know how to yield to Holy Spirit. Some of you don't know how to yield to God. Some of you don't know how to yield to the Spirit, to God's voice. That means you give way, you give way your way to His way. But so many people don't follow through with their calling. That's what this whole series has really been about. So many people don't follow through with their calling because of fear. They have all these reasons why they can't do what God's called them to do. Remember Moses? Oh, I can't, I can't, I, 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 I stutter. I can't do this. People would give, all through the Bible, people would give God excuses why they couldn't do what he asked them to do. And people are still doing it today. And yet we have people like Paul that said, you know, nothing, with, with God, all things are possible. Right? With Jeannie, all things are possible with God. And we go, oh, wow, that's great. But all things are possible for you if you're willing to yield to the fear that the enemy wants to put on you to keep you from realizing your potential and your destiny. What's holding you back this morning? That's a good question. What's holding you back? Are you willing to say yes to God even when you don't understand him? Are you willing to say yes to God even when you've prayed and you've asked and nothing's come through the way you think it is? Are you willing to say, I'm still yielded to you, God? It's your way, not my way. first thing he asked her is don't yield to your fear and he hadn't even told her that she's about to have a baby right it's like that's the angels but wait there's more <laughs> so Gabriel just told Mary to rejoice she's his beloved she has favor he is with her and the Lord delights in her and all those things can be said about all of his children Oh, that was Mary. No, that's you. He loves you. He has favor. You have favor with him. He is with you. He will not ever leave you or forsake you. Is that, is that a promise or what? So she's deeply troubled, as I think most young women would be deeply troubled, at the saying, at the, the sign of an angel coming and, and saying all these great things that were going to happen to her. She could have said, you know what? I just don't feel worthy. I don't think I can do this. How many of you this morning are in that position? How many? See, if I'm not going to challenge you, you know, I might as well not preach. I get challenged every time I read Scripture. Do y'all get challenged every time you read the Word? But here's the thing, you can get challenged by it or you can be condemned by it. Because a lot of people, get, they'll read Scripture and they get condemned by Scripture. But is that God? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I really had a revelation of that Scripture. I thought, what does that mean? It, it, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because if you're in Christ and Christ is in you, God's not going to condemn His Son who is in you. Right? When he looks at you, he sees Christ in you, right? When he looks at you, he sees you covered by the blood, right? If you are his, if the Spirit of God resides in you. So just bow your heads real quick. Father, and there, there's, I just sense in this room there's, there's so many people in this place.
that have yielded to fear? I said, I can't. I said, that's too much. It's out of my comfort zone. I can't go there. They won't respect me there. I can't show them this because of who I've been. Lord, then they've not yielded to fear. They've, they've yielded to fear, not to faith. So, Lord, right now, I just bind up a spirit of fear because your word says you did not give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. So, Father, I speak this over this congregation today within the sound of my voice, those that are watching on live stream, that fear no longer has a hold on your people, but they will yield to you. They will yield to Holy Spirit. They will yield to the calling that you have on their life. And, Father, when fear raises its ugly head, they say, no, not in me anymore. It has no place in me anymore. I am a child of God. I am a child of faith. And I will walk in the destiny God has called me to. In Jesus' name, amen. That wasn't a very strong amen. Come on, give me. That's better. Sometimes you got to use your commander voice, right, Betty? Amen. And the devil goes, ah, it didn't mean nothing. Amen. amen. So be it. I am not listening to the enemy anymore. I'm going to walk in my destiny. I'm not afraid. Amen. Amen. We got to have that. We have to have that determination in our hearts. That's when we talk about armoring up. You put the armor on and you go out to battle every day. You get your sword of the spirit, which is the rhema word of God. And you go out and you attack with prayer. That's with your voice. And you're bold because of that. Verse 34, Mary said, But how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. And Gabriel answered, he said, The spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. And this is why the child born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your aged aunt Elizabeth hath also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one, listen, verse 37, Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. Would y'all read that with me? Is it on the screen? Read that with me. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. Do y'all believe that? There you go. You see, that's God's promise. And God doesn't lie. God comes through all the time. He never fails us. We fail him time and time again. But you know what? Even when you fail him time and time again, I woke up this morning. I said, Lord, thank you that your mercies are new every day. See, the devil don't even want you to say that in the morning and you wake up if you've got a hangover from last night. You get him saying, thank you, God, that your mercies are new every day. I ask you to forgive me. Come and fill me again, Lord. I want to be a servant of the Most High God. I want to walk in fear. I want to walk in the faith that you put within me. You know, she kind of questioned God there. How can this happen? Some people go, you should never question God. It's okay to question God. He can handle it. He can handle it. Because sometimes he'll ask you to do something. Well, I don't have this going to happen. And God says, listen, I will show you. You just let me give me a, give me a shot. I'll show you. And he's going to say, this is how it's going to work. Now, she was a special case, I understand. Kind of a little bit different than maybe some of our callings. We're not been asked to birth a child. But we've been asked to birth a ministry, maybe. 
Maybe we've been asked to birth uh, uh, something that is outside of the realm of our comfort zone. And God says, I want you to go do this. I want you to go to your neighbor that has been been praying and asking for somebody to tell them about Jesus and you're the one that I've been saying you need to go tell your neighbor about Jesus you well, I don't know if I can do that yes you can if he's called you to his script you go do it it's so powerful not one promise from God is empty of power see the power of the Holy Spirit's behind his word it infuses us it empowers us it gives us hope. It gives us strength. A lot of people think the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit's just the comforter. You know, we've got a death in the family. We're just going to pray comfort over you. Well, you go look that word up, the Holy Spirit, and you go look it up in the Greek. It also means strength. There's power in the Holy Spirit. The gifts are power gifts. They're given by the Spirit of God. They're, they're operated through the Spirit of God. Nothing is impossible with God. Whatever he's called you to, you may see a mountain there. Oh, uh, he's called me to this ministry, but I see this mountain there. Guess what? God can move the mountain. Or he can give you a way around the mountain. Or he can tunnel through the mountain. We can't limit God if he says, if nothing is impossible with him, what does nothing mean in the Greek? Nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. What was the key for Mary in having God's promises come true? First, she had to hear God. Now, not all of us had the luxury of hearing an angel or an angel showing up. But first, she had to hear God. Now, how do you hear God? You hear, the God, you hear God in a lot of ways, right? How many of you have ever had a vision? Have you heard God through a dream? You heard God in, with his still, small voice, with the unction. He speaks to us in a lot of ways. He speaks to us mainly through his word. You'll be reading the word, and God, in, in a, you know, like, it's like God has a highlighter pen. Where would that come from? You know, and just highlights a verse, and then God says, that's for you. And he starts showing you some things. He speaks to us through nature. He speaks to us through prophets. He speaks to us through preachers. He speaks to us through teachers. He speaks to us through parents. He speaks to us in so many ways. But listen, we've got to be listening. The problem with our culture is we're so busy listening to everything else but God, we don't turn the noise off long enough to hear Him. You know, some people can't sleep at night, so they, they turn on white noise. It's kind of discriminating, isn't it? I don't know what black noise would sound like. It probably has a beat to it. Come on. <laughs> little rapping no I'm sorry there he goes brown noise that drum cadence always got me but we, we, we think tell me if I'm not telling you the truth don't we have noise going on all the time some people can't stand it if, there's, if, they're, if it's quiet in their house First thing they do when they get up is they turn the TV on so they can hear the great news of the day. <laughs> I just want to know what's going on in the world. Well, really? Maybe you should know what's going on with God and He wants to speak to you in the morning. Yield to Him, guys. Quit yielding to the world. And if you get up and listen to the news, that'll set your day in motion, won't it? Hmm. 
So she had to hear God first. Then, then the next thing she had to do is to, she had to believe God. She had to believe that this angel was from God. So when God speaks to you, listen, once you, he speaks to you, then you got to go, that was God. I think I better believe what he just said. I better be obedient because that's the third thing she did. She obeyed God. She obeyed God. That's the key. Listening, believing, and obeying. Verse 38. Then Mary responded saying, Yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. The last point I want to make this morning is her response. It's about her response. What a response. Don't you know that God wants everybody's response to be just like Mary's? Don't you? When he just says something, and she didn't argue. She said, well, how's this going to happen? He tells her, this is how it's going to happen. She said, okay, I'll do it. I'm in. But see, here's the thing. When she said, I'm in, did you know what? She was risking She's a teenager who was engaged to a man. She was a, the families had already organized their, their, their wedding. Now, I'm sure the dad was getting ready to start building it, and the, the son would start building the add-on to the house and, and go get her in, in one year and bring her in so they can consummate their marriage. And yet all this was happening, and an angel of God says this, and she says, okay, I'm in. You know what we do? You know what we do that she didn't do? We analyze it. We analyze it all out. You know, we just analyze it. How's this going to work? How's it when finances? Oh, I got to. We start lining, trying to line everything up. And Mary just said, I'm in. She didn't. I, I, what, Mary, wait, wait, before you say yes. Can you just imagine Gabriel going, Well, before you say yes, let me tell you, uh, you could get stoned for this. You, you're going to be pregnant, but you're going to tell people. Joseph ain't the daddy. You got to go tell your parents that an angel showed up and said you're going to have the Christ child, the Messiah. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's our daughter been smoking? <laughs> See, we don't think about that stuff. We like to analyze things. We like to figure out if it's going to really work. How can this work? And Mary just says, okay, I'm in. I don't care what it costs me because God said it and nothing is impossible with God. God said it and his, there's, there's power behind his promises. So you have to get that this morning. Whatever he's called you to, there's power behind his promises. There's nothing is impossible with God. She said, look at, look at this. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. You mean you want me to work, God, you want me to go work with the children in the children's ministry? Well, God, I'm not that fond of children. <laughs> right off the hand, we got a problem. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Well, the food pantry, you know, you know if you go down there and all those people that come in, they might have some a cold or... They might have some kind of infection. If I get around them, I might get sick. You know, if we go to the nursing home today, there's a lot of people in the nursing home. They, sometimes they're just sick, and, and I don't know if we should go there. And God says, really? As his servant, she said, I accept whatever 
he has for me. You know, one time the disciples, they didn't understand about servanthood. In the church, listen, we got to understand that that's what we're called. First and foremost, we're called to be a servant. Jesus said, I didn't come to, to be served, but to serve. That's when he washed their feet. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, got down on his hands and knees and washed the dirty feet of the disciples. He said, this is what I want you to do. So I want to I refer back to the scripture, then we're about, we're about to close. Mark 9, 33. The disciples are like, hey, when, when, we get, when Jesus gets on his throne, I think I'm going to sit at his right hand. I think I'll sit on I want to sit and start an argument. Who's going to be the greatest? They come to Capernaum. And when he, Jesus, was in the house, he asked him, he says, what was it you disputed about on yourselves on the road? But they kept silent for on the road. They had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the 12. Oh, can you imagine that? The 12, get in here. <laughs> get in here, sit down, and be quiet. So like when I call people, I need to see you in my office. They go, <gasps> it's like they had trauma from school. They had to go to see the principal. But they know what they've been talking about. He said, get in here. He called the 12 and he said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. See, sometimes we don't yield because we don't want to serve. Sometimes we don't yield because we don't want to humble ourselves. Sometimes we don't yield because we don't want to submit to God and his plan for our life, even though it's the best plan. It's way better than the plan you could come up with. The next thing Mary did was accept whatever God told her to do, whatever, whoever he wanted her to be. She didn't fight it. She didn't ask for a sign, even though God gave her one in Elizabeth. He said, go see your, go see your cousin. She's pregnant. She couldn't have kids. You know that, don't you, Mary? Well, she's pregnant. He gave her a sign. He gave, he gave her confirmation. Don't think that God always has to give you confirmation in the way you want him to give it. She simply believed God's promise. I'm going to get, let me tell you another promise. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting, eternal life. That's a promise. Some of you have heard that and you've heard it and you've heard it. And you've never responded like Mary responded to the angel. He said, Mary, I want you to do this. Okay. God says, I want you to do this. I want you to give your life to me. Because I sent my only son. My one and only son to this earth. Not just to live for you, but to die for you and to be resurrected for you. So you would have eternal life. That's his plan. That's his promise. There's power behind that promise. Whosoever. Everybody in here, you're a whosoever. Amen. Say, I'm a whosoever. <laughs> Let me give you one more promise, then we'll close. I want to have the, the team ready. Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I've been preaching the word of faith today. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. On that judgment day, you will not be put to shame. Because Jesus will stand in your stead. He said, this is mine. He's mine, Lord. He gave his life to me. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you stand?